Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we have a very special guest who recently just made history for her country. Reagan Bruddy is here just a month after competing in the Tokyo Olympics as the first Olympic gymnast ever for the Cayman Islands. She's such an inspiration and we cannot wait to share her story with you all. So stay tuned. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all so much for continuing to support our show each month. It truly means so much to us, and you helped make this podcast what it is. So thank you. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, we have a link to our website in the show notes down below. Once you're on our website, you will find a support us tab, and that will link you to more information on our Patreon. So check that out if you're interested, and we hope you all enjoy our interview with Reg and Reddy. One of the big reasons that we wanted to have you on the show was because you recently did something very incredible. <laughs> you made history by becoming the very first ever Olympic gymnast for the Cayman Islands. So start by walking us through that moment when you found out officially that you were an Olympian. Sure. Um, so I was at practice and we had rotated off events and I was like, you know, let me just check my phone. And my best friend texted me. She was like, have you found out yet? And as I was typing, no, still waiting. I got a notification, no drop down from my mom that said, um, it was a forwarded message basically saying, congratulations, Reagan has earned the universal, universally tripart spot, basically. Um, congratulations. We'll give you further information. And I was like, oh my gosh. I had, I opened it. And I think I wrote, what? And she was like, yup. And I said, you're joking. And she was like, no. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yup. It was like very basic, like technically probably sounds so stupid, but I was like, you're kidding. Like this did not just happen. And I looked at my host sister who was right there. And I was just like, I got it. And she was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yes, I did. And we just both started like crying, like jumping up and down, like hugging each other. And then I called my mom. Cause I was like, I just have to hear her voice to make sure like, she's not joke, like lying. Cause she got the message from the CIOC, the Cayman Islands Olympic committee, who then obviously she told me, I went in the hallway of the, um, in the gym and I just started crying. I was like, I did it. I did it. And like, just on the phone with her and my dad, it was awesome. Was there a moment when you got to Tokyo where you like looked around and you were like, holy crap, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. There was plenty of those moments. I think obviously competition you have to say focus, which was so hard for me because I just want to be like, oh my gosh, I've been like dreaming, like everything like that. But I was like, no, got to do routine. But um, definitely. So I had podium training. Obviously, I was first subdivision. So I had it early in the morning and there's a warm up gym and, you know, it, everything has the rings on it. So right away, first training day, it's like, holy crap, I'm at the Olympics. And you see all these different Olympians and it's like, wow, I'm here. And then I remember podium training. Um, obviously you warm up in the warm-up gym and then you march out into the competition hall. And I remember walking out and seeing everything, my heart just dropped. I was like, oh my gosh, I am here. And that was crazy. That moment just I will never forget that feeling. It was awesome. And even though it was just like podium training, my floor routine, 
because that was the first event we had I was like oh my gosh I just did this like on the floor at the Olympic Stadium like it was just a madness and also opening ceremonies that was that was unreal that was awesome yeah and then obviously after I competed I like walked down the podium because I was first on beam so like once I finished beam I got to just enjoy everything and my coach Eddie Humphrey was just bawling his eyes out I was like you can't do this right now like I'm gonna cry (laughs) so that was awesome (laughs) yes save the tears for the pillow (laughs) yes (laughs) well but dance mom's home (laughs) I know that's so actually something funny is when I get ready for up competitions of podium training, I, I watch dance moms because it calms me for some reason. Even though it's the most uncalming like show ever, all yeah. the fighting. I'm like, yes, you tell them, Christy. And I'm like, guess me like hyped up for like I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like nostalgic because I watched as a kid, but that's something I do, yeah. <laughs> That's really surprising, yeah, because Abby stresses me out, so I'm like, yeah, I don't do the yelling. I think it's, like, the drama. It's, like, entertaining. It kind of takes my, like, mind away from, like, what's about to happen. Obviously, on the way to, like, the competition, I'll, like, listen to my hype-up music, but while I'm doing my hair, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> it kind of distracts, I think, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. We're actually re-watching Dance Moms right now. As you should. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> We're on season three, so. Oh my gosh, that's a juicy one. I'm not going to lie. That's a juicy season. <laughs> um, real quickly, we went to, um, we were on our way to West Virginia for NCAA regionals this past season. And mm-hmm. we stopped in Pittsburgh to like go to the studio. So we got a picture. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. I'm so jealous. We like looked inside the window. So it was closed when we went there, but we oh. were looking inside and we were like, there's the bench that Jill and Kendall gave Abby. Yes, Jill is my favorite. I love her. She's so funny. My little Kendall. Yeah, I know. She kind of annoys me low key. I like Christy. She's my favorite. Oh, Christy is just an icon. She's my yeah. queen. Like, no, she's untouchable. But then, like, when it comes to drama, Jill is my girl. <laughs> oh, and Holly too, though. Like, you don't mess with Holly. Oh, she, oh no, Holly doesn't she, start the drama. She like prevents it from happening. <laughs> oh yeah, she's so like wise beyond her what is it wise on her eight years or something like that yes so now did you watch dance moms when you were in tokyo i did (laughs) but the thing is like the streaming was different so i had to watch it like the youtube clips oh yeah (laughs) like the lifetime youtube clips but i still got it iconic (laughs) we love that for you my way yes thank you thank you i loved it for myself too (laughs) okay so anyways back to what we were talking about I was going to ask you what it meant to you to be the first ever Olympic gymnast for the Cayman Islands. Cause that's, that's like really iconic stuff right there. Yes. Yes, for sure. So obviously growing up, that was everything I ever wanted. Um, you know, kids at school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always say Cayman Islands for Olympic gymnast. When I got an email, cause I uh, had webkins and build a bear. I had obviously had to get an email. So it was like, um, you could set up a sign off or whatever it's called, like a signature. My first one was future first ever came down Olympic gymnast. So like really? I just always put it out there. Yes, it's crazy. Like anytime we for like school job, even though it's not a job, I wrote first ever came down Olympic gymnast. Like I just always wanted it. And it always just was so special to be the first for your country. And I always idolized all the Olympians in Cayman. Like to me, they were like gods. Like I was like, I need to be that. So I just always wanted to have that privilege and honor of being the first 
ever came out of Olympic gymnast and to finally have it. It's just, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's a title almost. Yeah. You need to bring that email address back. <laughs> I know you're right. Instead of future, just first over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can now put OLY by my name. So yeah, yeah. truly. And that's so yeah. cool hearing you say that. I literally have chills. Aww. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. <laughs> so did you stay in the Olympic village? Yes, uh, we did stay in the Olympic Village and we stayed with other Team Rollins athletes because it was kind of like a suite format. So we all had bedrooms. There was ours, I want to say, had four bedrooms. Um, I actually got to stay with my mom because she's kind of on like technical committee, whatever, for the Federation. Um, she just kind of helps with them. So me and her shared a room. So there was two beds there. I think all the rooms had two beds, actually, now that I think about it. And then there was two bedrooms. So technically eight beds total and two bedrooms and then there's like a table with chairs that wasn't really used we kind of just put our COVID test on that but um for them to get picked up but yeah we got to stay in the Olympic Village everything like that and I have to ask about the beds because that was like a, a topic that everyone <laughs> was like, talking about <laughs> that's like everyone's second question they're like how was it and I answer they're like so how's the bed you, you <laughs> so knew this was coming years. priorities oh, like, yeah, cool you went to the Olympics but most importantly what was the bed like <laughs> um it was honestly fine like it was comfortable I mean it it was weird that it was cardboard I guess but so I put on Instagram like ask me questions the amount of questions I got about the beds was unreal and someone was like post a video of you jumping I was like why not so I just set up my phone and I was like here's me jumping on the bed like what is this but it didn't break nothing happened I was like here you go Hopefully you did it on your last day there. So that way if the bed broke, you didn't have to deal with it. So no one was staying in one of the rooms. So therefore like the bed was still made. I was like, yeah, let me make it look like I'm clean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's this video of you jumping on the bed? This is on the internet. I, it was just a story, but I'm sure I can oh. find it. Like it's probably archived or something. I feel like I, I need to see it. Yeah, so I, didn't, I didn't see it when you posted it. <laughs> I'll, I'll email it to you guys. <laughs> like introducing me. Freaking ready, I want to picture this. me jumping yeah. on this bed. <laughs> And talking about it on the podcast and now I feel like we have to like promote this video I got you I'll, I'll send it to you I think I get like a thumbs up in it I'm like that's so funny Love that. so yeah. oh I wanted to ask you about your mom because you mentioned that she was there with you which is really unique not a lot of people right. actually have their parents there with them so tell us a little bit more about your mom and what she does so um she's actually I've been very lucky and blessed that she's been able to come with me on every competition. So it's been lovely having her. She helps uh, with like paperwork and stuff like that. So I don't have to worry about it all. But I think especially for Olympics, seeing that I didn't, obviously everyone expects to be able to take their whole family, you know. You want to look up into the stands and see them. Because of how it worked and I guess COVID, she had the option of being on the floor, but I wanted to have someone kind of in the stands like to look up to. So she got to sit in like the athlete section, I guess you could say. So that was really special having her. And it was so funny because she got to walk in opening ceremonies too. I was like, mom, would you have ever like thought of like 10 years that you would walk in? like 10 years ago that you would have walked in an Olympic <laughs> opening ceremony. She was like, uh, absolutely not. But it was so fun. Like she was there. So, so your mom's basically great. an Olympian too. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> apparently some people were like, are you going to get the tattoo? She was like, why would I get the tattoo? And she, they were like, cause you went to Olympics. And she was like, you know, she could get the rings and just write mom underneath. <laughs> yeah, I call her my momager. So <laughs> there you go. It worked. That. Yeah, it definitely worked. She embraces it. <laughs> 
I actually love that though. I don't think I've ever heard of any other like mom that's gotten to walk in the Olympic opening ceremony. I know. So I think, I think obviously like if your parent was a coach, they would get to walk or if their parent was like me, because for smaller countries, it just kind of happens that like, I don't know, like connections and stuff like that, but also just to help because for us, like the gymnastics program is so small there that if you have a kid that does gymnastics, you're kind of like automatically like, it's just, you want to be a part of it in a way. So, and there's no one else to be on the Federation besides the parents. So it kind of works out, but yeah, we're very fortunate that it worked out the way it did with her being a part of it and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. What other yeah. kinds of stuff did you do when you were in your room? Cause I know that was like, obviously in the gymnastics community, we were all like worried about the athletes and like, what are you guys going to be doing? Like, are you going to be going like, <laughs> just like crazy sitting there? Right. To do? Um, I don't, I feel like we didn't spend that much time in our rooms actually. Um, I, before I went like left for Tokyo, I hurt my ankle really bad. Actually. Like it was black and blue. Like as everyone probably saw, like I literally looked like I had boots on, but I hurt my ankle and my Achilles pretty bad. So I'd go to the therapy area of the village and get either like massage or ice baths or acupuncture so that took up time out of the day obviously going to the cafeteria but you had to walk everywhere so that also took up time but other than that if I was in my room I was probably sleeping like I'm not even gonna lie I was passed out like I was so tired because it was really hot in Tokyo and obviously training and the stress of it all and just having to walk everywhere honestly was tiring to me so um yeah, I slept. <laughs> if I was in my room, I took naps. But or we trade stuff, like trade gear, trade pins. I have a lot of different countries outfits now. So yeah, that's so cool though. Just to always yeah. have that to look back on. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But um, so actually, something when I was moving to university, I had a box of like all of my competition Leos and a bunch of gear that I'd gotten from competitions and. Um, pins from different countries and all my accreditations and that box got stolen so I had like all my world leos all my like pan am games like just basically every competition I had done internationally all of my leos were stolen so like now like I look at all the stuff I get from competitions I'm like this is so special no one's touching it <laughs> no one's like a hand um it was stolen um like last October okay Oh, oh, actually, maybe a little bit before then. No, around that. That's yeah, so sad. Moving, yeah, it, it really broke my heart. But so we got replicas of a few Leos. Like I got my Pan Am Games Leo remade and my World Leo remade. But um, like, it's just sad because I, so I always have a rip every competition I go to. And I always put like my hand on my hip, obviously, because like that's just how gymnasts stand. So every competition has like a little blood stain on the hip. And I'm like, I don't have the blood stains yeah. <laughs> like the blood sweat and tears but um right. I got them remade but so but I've kind of learned that it's just stuff I still have the memories but I'm like oh still oh, I know. what am I gonna show my kids <laughs> well especially yeah. with like all the history that you're making exactly like, yeah that's, so unfortunate. that's what sucks for sure I mean yeah I guess there's like pictures and videos but yeah that's yes so I at least have my Olympic Leo I know where that is I know yeah exactly my house where it is but like how it's laid out right now everything like that yeah and nobody touching that (laughs) so was it stolen when you were like moving it is that what it was so obviously I didn't like 
quite need it in Florida, like in my dorm apartment. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna ship it um to Miami and then sh- get it shipped from Miami to Canaan, and it got uh like lost. Okay. okay. Um, and they, my mom and brother actually went to the address in Miami, I think, where it was like said that it was delivered, but they were like, no, we never saw anything. It's like, oh, really? Did you? So it just somehow didn't get onto the ship. Check eBay. <laughs> That's what we've been doing. We've had yeah. to check eBay so much, but we can't find anything. And the thing is, like, it also had my high school diploma. Like, a lot of it had my name on it. So if you could search just Reagan Ruddy, like, you'd see, like, Cayman Islands, Shimmers, like, find me, like, DM me on Instagram. But, yeah. oh, well, it's just stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe there's hope still. Like that all the people listening to this, maybe someone. I know. Please, if you see my Leos, they are <laughs> like, We need to I make know. like uh, one of those signs like when people like lose like their cats or something. There's like, like a sign missing. like call this number. Like we need to make one of those. Reward. <laughs> yeah. I think we like were. I think when they went to like the people that it said it was kind of like delivered to like the area, my mom was like, "I'll pay you guys. Like if you find this Leo, I will." pay you because it's like yeah I would pay them too oh I'm sorry yeah. that <laughs> no it's okay like I said it's just stuff it does kind of suck but yeah <laughs> so I wanted to circle back to the opening ceremonies because you oh yeah sorry you were one of five Olympians for the Cayman Islands which is huge like that is such yes. a, like a big accomplishment and a lot of gymnasts don't get to walk in the opening ceremonies typically at least I should say at least the United States gymnasts because it's so yeah like the start of the competition so like, did you want to walk like even though it was so close to the competition like what was your kind of thought process with that I absolutely wanted to walk <laughs> so um there was buses that you could leave early so we walked we stayed for a, a while and then we left so it wasn't actually too late and I'm trying to think so that was podium training so I had my podium training early that morning and then the next day it was the training before competition so obviously I'm, I think that's how it worked. Yeah, because podium training was 23rd, so so was opening ceremonies. And then 24th was just like training and the 25th was competition. So obviously the day before your competition, you don't do too much anyways. Mm-hmm. So we already had a training plan and everything. So it kind of worked perfectly in our favor. But I just knew that that was such a once in a lifetime opportunity that I wanted to experience it. So we walked and then um, we just left early. That's what most people did and I was actually surprised there was more gymnasts there than I was expecting so that was good I know maybe it's just honest I know the United States girls don't go but and that's like it's always been that way for some reason yeah um I feel like yeah for the Cayman Islands like there's five Olympians like you you have to be like you have a big opportunity yes for sure and I'm so glad we went like honestly I wouldn't have traded that for the world I don't know opening ceremonies is just so exciting and like marching out and seeing like your flag like waving with the lights up like I can't even describe it. It's just unreal. Yeah, as just a fan of the Olympics, watching videos and stuff of that, I get chills just looking at like <laughs> the whole venue, the way it's lit up. And, right. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a cool Thank moment. You. It's just truly indescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing you on TV too, because because <laughs> there's so few people, you're right. easy to spot. <laughs> yeah, the, all my friends and family back and came on took videos of it, and certain um obviously TV 
um, companies like whatever had like better coverage of it than others but there was some that they literally showed me and I was like I did this because I was like I told them I was like you see me that that's to you <laughs> so I I'm know glad. I remember seeing you like make the you, you were like hamming it up for the camera I'm like yeah you go girl <laughs> I was spotting them I was like walking with one of the canon track athletes and we we're like you got to find all the cameras out we we're like we need to be on tv <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. we were so mission accomplished <laughs> how long did it take you guys to actually walk through the whole venue so it looks huge but I don't know to actually walk it how long that takes right so I can't remember times exactly so I remember we had to be ready at like 6 or 6 30 and then you walk to the buses and you get bused from the village to opening ceremony venue and then you kind of wait then you're standing in line for a long time there was like a tunnel we had to stand in it was quite hot I'm not gonna lie and we all had to wear like masks stuff like that but I want to say we didn't actually get to march out until about nine. And then your walk is about less, it's less than a minute. Or like your TV time, especially is maybe like 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Like was- it's very short, but like those 30 seconds are like your glory time. Like it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So when you were done walking, were you like done and you had to leave? Or could you like stand there and watch other people walk out? So you, it, so obviously the arena is kind of like a circle and then you walk straight through the circle, then you kind of cut to the side and you, you can either leave directly after, which some people do, or you can kind of keep walking. And then like, that's when we took the pictures, like whatever. I was crying. <laughs> Eddie was crying. I mean, I remember me and Eddie kind of just like sat on the ground and like laid down and just like looked. Like just we're like, we are at the Olympic Games. Like it's, it was unreal. It was so crazy. So tell us a little bit about competition day, like going into the meet, were you nervous? Were you excited? How were you feeling? Right. So um, it was early in the morning. <laughs> that was, like, was kind of hard in itself, but um, it's kind of feels like it was a dream. Like I'm trying to, I feel like I'm just trying to describe a dream to you because it's like, oh, that really did happen. Obviously there's the warm up gym and it was like, we were all kind of chill there. You know, everyone's like, cheering kind of cheering for each other if you see a team do good like you clap like it was all great camaraderie and just like spirit I don't know how to explain it but everyone you could tell just wanted the best for everyone and in my subdivision I'm sure it was the same for other subdivisions but it was great we were with great people and I'm walking out like into the arena again it was crazy it was like okay now it's go time like it's for real go the amount of cameras was just I was like oh my gosh they're everywhere I'm like I can't do anything bad. I'm like, I, I was like sitting up straight, like everything like that. Cause you're being just, watched like, at all angles. Yes, all times. <laughs> absolutely. And there's microphones everywhere too. So it's like, you got to really be like, they can't sound like too out of breath, anything like that. I was like, at her floor, you know, like, yeah, I'm good. Like that was easy. What? Like, that was <laughs> but, easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, no. but uh, it was just, I can't even like put into words how it was. I just could be at the Olympics and I just remember like obviously like you dream of the Olympics your entire life you want it to be the meat of your life obviously I had mistakes everyone's gonna have mistakes but the fact that nothing can take away that I just made history for my country is what like that was the smile on my face the whole time I was just so unbelievably happy to be there like yeah I felt but I was like okay like I felt at the Olympics though like who can say that once the competition was done, 
did you get to watch any other meets or like what was your situation because I was confused personally I thought the other athletes like weren't allowed to go to the meets but then I obviously in the stands were seeing people so I'm like yeah what are the rules here so funny story I actually left my accreditation at the competition we got to the village and I was like I'm like oh my gosh oh no so we had to go back and get my accreditations I had to get a new one made in the meantime so I actually have two on the accreditations but um we actually got to watch the other subdivisions but the thing is we were only allowed to watch artistic gymnastics from what I understood we were only strictly allowed to watch artistic gymnastics we couldn't even watch rhythmic gymnastics we couldn't go watch a track meet if we wanted to it was strictly artistic gymnastics but if you were an athlete you got to sit in the athlete section and it was funny because we watched men's team final. That was the most amazing thing I think I've ever watched in my entire life. And we were sitting front row seats and we we're like, these would be like five grand. Like the seats that we are sitting in basically for free. Yeah. Like, and if you look at the high bar, like the high bar feed, we we're just right there. Like so, so many of my friends who are gymnasts that were obviously watching like the men's team final, they're like, hi. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I gotta sit up straight again. <laughs> yeah, you're on TV, remember? <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like clapping so like perfect, like try to be all posh and everything like that. <laughs> it was so cool. Well, I'm glad that you got to see some competitions though, because I was oh, worried absolutely. that like our impression going in was that you guys were gonna be like in your rooms, you do your competition and like bye. Stare, you know? stare at the white wall right. until it's the next day and then go home <laughs> just after. visualize everything. Some parts were a little like that. I will say also watching a Hannah do her last vault oh my gosh everyone was crying I got to watch that and they made they she was last I don't know if that was on purpose or like coincidental so everyone even like everyone was done competing by then just that we could all watch this like woman would make history for her country and for herself it was just oh my gosh that was inspirational yeah I'm so jealous that you got to see that moment (laughs) (laughs) I it was my mom was bawling we all just crying because it's just it was crazy like go her like yeah I, unreal I say that so much but truly the Olympics are just unreal and crazy and amazing and indescribable <laughs> all of the words <laughs> yes all of the words I can think of that's the Olympics <laughs> so were you able to meet other athletes while you were there yeah so we actually me and Eddie pride ourselves on trading gear and getting pins and meeting all these athletes because you have to make most of it you're literally at the Olympics so I have a lot of uh, Team USA gear now, like, because they wanted our stuff and we wanted their stuff. So it was perfect. I traded so many pins because our pin is very hard to find because there's only five of us. Yeah. So everyone wants our pin because it's also a turtle. It's the best pin that you can get, honestly. So it was like- You're unbiased, obviously. <laughs> oh, absolutely unbiased. But if you ask the other athletes, they're like, we're been trying to get this one. Like you have, you guys have the best pins. And we're like- we know um I didn't even think about that like it's a hot commodity just because there's so few of you like you have to track down one of the five Olympians exactly it's so funny but yeah it we got to meet a lot of athletes through that I think um that's some of my best memories from the Olympics is we made friends with the American baseball team and we were like here's our room number and so they would just come like Eddie got the nicest pair USA t- tennis shoes because they get so much gear they're like yeah take what you want so I'm like I'm gonna take that bucket hat I'm gonna take that shirt I'm gonna take that shirt like so I got a lot and they obviously got a lot of Cayman Island stuff because we also get stuff yeah. but there's this like Nike and Ralph Lauren I'm like 
Yeah. Y'all really just gonna, y'all really want to trade? I'm okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> so like, hey, I'm here for it. Yes, I'm here for it. I'm not gonna complain. But they'd bring bags, and so then we would bring bags. In. It was so cool, though. That's awesome. If I was an athlete, I think that would be the most fun part is trading gear with other athletes. Because then you get to meet and like mingle and hear their stories and all of that. And they're Olympians. Like, I remember, like, I was sitting with my mom eating, and I was like, Mom, if you look around, these are all Olympians. I was like, I'm one of them. I was like, what is going on? Like, these are all the top, top, top athletes of their country. And yeah. it's just, it's amazing. So switching gears, I want to go back to, I guess, kind of where it all started and talk about you as a young gymnast growing up in the Cayman Islands. Obviously, right. that's a country that historically didn't have a lot of representation in gymnastics, especially at the highest level. Yes. Um, so how did you get started in gymnastics? I'm curious about this. So um, my older sister did gymnastics and obviously being the younger sister, I was like, I got to do everything Hannah does. So I would probably her into gymnastics. Huh? And um, funny story is I could not do my hair to save my life. So I was called Moppy, like my entire life growing up doing gymnastics because my hair just always looked like a mop. So I just started doing gymnastics. I have a lot of memories, obviously, when I was younger, but I started when I was four. Like I have memories of me just crashing and burning. Um, my first coach talks about it all the time that I was just fearless. Like I just wanted to try everything and do everything. If a coach told me to do something, I'd be like, okay. Like I just wanted to do it all. I just wanted to be a big girl. Like that was my thing. I was like, I want to be a big girl. So I just look at them and stare at them. I was like, oh my gosh. It's like they just threw back handstand. Like what? Like it's funny. Like the scale of how it's like changed. I remember when the when the older girls. There was like a competition we had in Cayman and they were awarded to be level fours. I was like, they are a level four. I was like, they are going to the Olympics. I was like, I have to be level four. Like it was always, I just wanted to be like the people in front of me. And I just always wanted to, you know, if I got one back handspring, let's just say, I was like, okay, now I need to get two. Like I always just wanted to keep going and moving forward. And obviously you hear of this thing called the Olympics and you don't quite know what it is, but I remember being like, I remember watching Sean Johnson in 2008 do a beam. And I was like, she did a back, I can do a back handspring. I was like, oh, I can do that. Keep on, I could probably barely do a split. But in my head, I was like, that is the Olympics and I need to get there. And kids always, obviously, like I said, I'm at school. Oh, you're not going to get there. And being the youngest child, I was quite stubborn and obviously wanted to prove people wrong. So I say, I was like, you just wait. I said, you watch. And now I'm like, I made it and they're like, congrats. I'm like, you guys are literally the ones that think I'm like, I'm like, you guys are more haters and motivators. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so at what point did going to the Olympics start to seem like a real possibility for you? I remember signing up for senior year classes. Keep in mind, this is before COVID, anything like that. Senior year of high school, obviously I'm a junior at the time signing up. And um, I remember my mom saying, you got all your hard classes out of the way, like planning. Obviously, you wanted to get your harder classes through senior year. It's kind of like your light load. She's like, you want to keep your easier classes for your senior year because that's probably when you'll be training for the Olympics. I remember her saying that, being like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait, yeah. That is a possibility. Yeah. Let's just whoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that was a moment of like, that was a real possibility. And then I remember, obviously, COVID hit. And everything just went up in the air. It was like, what is going on in the world? 
and I remember this was in like June of 2021 I was the last person to be awarded a spot keep in mind and I my friend all the way in Australia sent me screenshots of like um the gym turnout saying Asian championships have been canceled the allotted spot will go to Milka Gahani Reagan Ruddy is up for tripartite I remember seeing this at like six in the morning being like did I just read that right like what is going on and I remember I couldn't like count on it though because it was just a Twitter post like Mm -hmm. and that was actually I take that back that was probably May so it was just waiting and then I went to Brazil and it was just more waiting and it was just like I I did not sleep for like four months leading up to the Olympics because I just was so stressed about am I gonna go am I not gonna go like when will I find out and if I am going home I find out if I'm not going so yeah it was just it was a whole emotional roller coaster (laughs) I mean yeah it sounds really intense I don't (laughs) I don't blame you, honestly, for not being able to sleep. Yes. Constantly having it up in the air, like, okay, so am I going? Am I not? The Olympics right. canceled altogether because of COVID. Like, yes. So I competed in Brazil um, early June. And after Brazil, we were still like, what is going on? But even before Brazil, um, which was Pan Am Championships, Eddie was like, this is not the competition we're training for. We're training for the Olympics because you, you want to train like you're going. So even though we had no clue what was going on we still trained as if I was going to the Olympics just because if anything had happened or if anything worked in our favor which it did that I'd be ready so I was always routine ready like training what I need to do all that and so you moved to the U.S. like five years ago is that right yes I started training when I was about 14 or 15 um in the U.S. so I moved to I started kind of in Dallas and then came back to Cayman for a bit. Um, and then I think it was about February of 2017, I officially kind of moved to Houston. And I started living with host families. I started training with Johnny and Eddie, but I completely left my family, left my country, everything I knew, started doing online school, just, just trying to do what I needed to. I did what I needed to do to get myself the Olympics I always try to put myself in the best possible position of success if that makes sense (laughs) how hard of a decision was that to move to the U.S. oh my gosh it was it was so hard I mean you just drop like I basically dropped everything and to chase after this dream that was like a 13 well obviously kind of all the planning started when I was about 13 or 14 and I'm already kind of starting to have to think about 2020 Olympics it's just in 2016 having to think about the 2020 Olympics and 2017 having to think about the 2020 Olympics like literally everything I did in my life was to get me to the Olympics like I left school to try and get to the Olympics so I started line school I moved with this family I moved to Texas I did this I ate this I trained like this like everything was just to try and get me to the 2020 Olympic game so it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was reading an article when we were like coming up with questions for this interview, and it said that you were commuting back and forth to Dallas, which is like a two and a half hour flight, I guess, from Cayman Islands. So mm-hmm. was that a daily thing or like how often oh, were you gosh, actually no. going back and forth? <laughs> so that was when we first kind of started um, training in the States, I guess. It was you could kind of say like transitional. So mm-hmm. I would go to Dallas for um, about three weeks, come home for two weeks, just because I was still young. Like I couldn't really commit to living away from home, but that wasn't really working out. 
And then months kind of went by. I was still in Cayman because my parents were dealing with business stuff. And then I actually moved to Houston. So that was just a very temporary thing to hold Dallas. But Houston was obviously a lot more permanent. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was say I couldn't imagine going back and forth like that often. I, I wish I could go like every day. That would have helped the homesick quite a bit. We were trying to like quite a lot. We were trying to like piece together your life before we like talked to you. And we're like, okay, wait, is she doing this? I, I I honestly still try to piece together my life. <laughs> so but, yeah. What impact did moving to the U.S. have on your gymnastics? Like, curious about what the difference is in the gym, whether that's like coaches and equipment, teammates, stuff like that. Right. What are the biggest differences? So the gym in Cayman, for example, it only has two sets of bars. It has when I was there, let's just say it had one high beam, one vault, and no pits at all. Like there was absolutely no pits. There wasn't coaches that could spot us. So obviously, you get to a level where you need those things like I needed a pit I needed a coach like a spot so and a more rigorous training schedule you could say so that's why moving to Texas had a huge impact because I could have those things that I was missing in Cayman so I, I really kind of rocketed my gymnastics training in success and you mentioned this before too but you're currently a student at the University of Florida so tell yes. our listeners a little bit about like how that came about and how you ended up at Florida right so my grandfather was actually a gator and obviously when your grandfather goes somewhere everyone in your family all of a sudden becomes a fan so <laughs> my whole family is gators you know when football season comes around diehard gator fan but growing up that's all that's always what I heard you know gators 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 I have so many pictures like I was like a gator cheerleader for Halloween when I was super young I have videos of me like saying gator chant when I was also super young like it was just embedded in me um and when obviously school came around to start applying and figuring out was I going to do college gymnastics I had um I had options but there were places I was very keen on going whether it was like weather or education wise because connections and everything like that or the program I'm in a psychology and UF has a really good psychology program and obviously I'm, I'm not on the gymnastics team but I found a club nearby that allowed me to train and support the whole international thing um, career. So I was able to go to my dream school and still achieve my dream of going to the Olympics. So it worked out perfectly. So how did that work with COVID? Were you like home? So first of all, I guess, what year are you? Are you a sophomore? So I'm a sophomore right now. Yes. So for your freshman year then with COVID and everything, obviously you were probably most likely doing online, I'm assuming, but were you in Florida? Were you like, where were you at? So I wanted to be in Florida to experience everything. So obviously I left Houston and um, I moved here um, and I was doing Zoom classes and then I would go to the gym from about five to nine. That was usually kind of what it was, but I would Uber or take the bus with my um, friend from Bermuda. We'd take the bus together. We were kind of doing the same thing. She wanted to do the, she was still doing competing internationally for Bermuda in gymnastics. So we would do our classes and then we would take the bus to gym. But yeah, that's how it kind of worked. COVID obviously made it tricky with classes. That's why it was on Zoom. And we just had to be careful not to get sick because obviously if a gymnast got sick, then the whole gym kind of had to shut down. And being at the University of Florida, there's kind of COVID everywhere. So we had to make sure we were super safe with all of that. But also the coach that I was had I had in Florida so obviously I was with Johnny Nettie in Houston and then I moved 
or started going to school in Florida. So obviously my coaching changed, but the, um, because of COVID, she wasn't able, my coach here wasn't able to go with me to Brazil. So I actually moved back to Texas so that I could be with Johnny Nettie again and that they could take me to my competition. So COVID, I think, had the biggest impact on that because I came to Florida and then I had to go, to go back to Houston to train for Pan Am Championships and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So you're just like all over the place then? <laughs> the amount of traveling I've done in miles that I have are unreal. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you did consider possibly doing college gymnastics. Like at one point in time, was that something that you were like looking into doing? Yeah. So growing up, I, I, I think I always wanted to do college gymnastics, but I was just always so focused on the Olympics that I, I didn't really put any thought into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I think I would have loved college gymnastics, I'm, I, I can't take away anything that has happened in my life. You know, I achieved my dream. So yeah. That's, I think that's all that I can really say on that. I don't know. Yeah. It's just everything worked out how it's meant to work out. So Yeah, you got the best yeah. of both worlds. You got to go to the Olympics yeah. and you're at University of Florida. Right, exactly. So what's next for you? Are you going to keep doing gymnastics? Or are you going to maybe take a break and decide? Or is there other things that you want to do in life? Right. So I'm actually not too sure what's going to happen in my life right now. I feel like I'm kind of not in a midlife crisis, but quarterly crisis, I guess you could say. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just did everything I ever wanted to do. Like, what am I supposed to do now? If it makes you feel but, um, like we're also having a crisis, I feel like it's just, okay. like you're fine. Perfect. So it's all of us. Great. We can get through this together. Uh, <laughs> but um, right now I'm actually going to start coaching at that gym that I was training at here, which will be really fun because I, my goal after obviously I've got to the furthest point you can kind of get when it comes to gymnastics I literally just competed at the Olympic Games and I'd hate for Cayman Islands gymnastics to almost end with me so my goal is to not allow that to happen I want to help the younger generation and the girls coming up behind me I want them to achieve their goals I want them to do better than I ever did I just want Cayman Islands gymnastics to keep growing and to become bigger than anyone could have ever imagined and the final question I guess kind of on that note what is your advice for the future generation of girls who are coming up not even right. just Cayman Islands but like other countries that don't have a big representation in gymnastics at the highest level right what would your I advice think for them? I think a lot of people like actually t- touching on that don't realize like there's so much talent in these small countries that sadly almost goes under recognized but you know I came from a small country that was kind of like that gymnastics wasn't always really taken seriously in the Cayman Islands but you know if you have a dream just go after it you know do everything that you possibly can to represent your country because that is the biggest honor and privilege that you could ever have you know I represent the Cayman Islands on the biggest stage and nothing can ever take that away so if you have that opportunity grab it and go because it comes to very few people and especially to represent a smaller country, I think is almost just even more incredible, more special because the opportunities are more scarce for us. You know, we have to, we have to make history for our country in order to get to the places that we, in order to reach the places that we want to reach, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy. There was many times I wanted to quit, but once you reach that end goal, it is so worth it. And for me, that is how I got through hard times. You know, I was so homesick sometimes. I wanted to quit just so I could go home. But I knew I would hate myself when the Olympics came around and I was not competing. So 
if you have a goal and you really want to achieve it, just go after it. Also, another thing is, I look back at like, like you say, level four, and I was always so stressed and nervous. And I look back now as a 19 year old, I was like, that level for me was literally like not important at all. So if you're just starting in like competitions or even still, like that was my goal for the Olympics. I wanted to enjoy it and embrace it. I think that's my biggest regret is that I didn't always enjoy it and embrace it. I put so much pressure on myself, but I think my, one of my greatest pieces of advice is to enjoy what you're doing and have fun and just love it and laugh through it all because you know at the end of the day you're one day not going to be able to do gymnastics so enjoy it while you can love it well we thank just you. Want to say how inspired we are by your story and how you're oh thank you came in island gymnastics and it all starts somewhere and you're proof yes. that you can achieve your dreams and hopefully oh, that inspires you. more gymnasts from the Cayman Islands and other smaller yes. to go after their dreams as well. So for sure, know how much of an inspiration you are. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I think that's like one of my biggest goals is that I want to just almost have a message that, you know, just because you come from a small country doesn't mean you can't achieve anything. Right. You know, I feel like this is maybe a great example of that. No, one I think would have thought ever that Cayman Islands would have had a gymnast represent at the Olympic Games. So yeah. I hope to prove that don't listen to stereotypes either. <laughs> yeah. Or assumptions. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, that's my favorite thing about the Olympics is seeing people's dreams come true. And I right. love representation. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not fun when it's always like the same countries or like the same teams that are like dominating the sport. Like we, we need right. other countries. And yeah. And I think that's like, that's, also what people kind of forget about the olympics is like we're not all going to be gold medalists but the point of the olympics is it's the saying and it's everywhere it's unite uh, by emotion or something you know where the rings show the the unite like the connection or coming together as continents coming together as countries because for the love of sport like we all there everyone there all the athletes just love what they're doing they love their sport they love their country and that is the purpose of the Olympics is to just go out there and represent your country and show that you can achieve anything you put your mind to basically. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that was great for, honestly, my icon and idol from the Olympics was Rebecca from Brazil to like show that our region, like it's just as good, if not better than some of these other dominating countries. So I think that was a great message. And like, she, she didn't come from a lot. So I think that, she honestly is so inspiring to me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and even for Brazil to not have like a team at the Olympics, like I think yes. a lot of people like wrote them off. And then she comes yeah. out of nowhere and she's like getting all the medals. And I'm like, yeah, like I know. go off. Sis. Yes. <laughs> Literally. That that was just amazing to me. You know, I I hat off for her because she just achieved so much coming from, you know, a country that people might not really think of when they think of gymnastics so yeah. I think that's important yeah well we're proud of her and we're also proud of you so oh, thank you <laughs> yes that's it for this week's episode thank you guys so much for tuning in and we also just want to say thank you again to Reagan for taking the time to come join us on our show and for sharing all of your Olympic experience with us we had so much fun just hearing all your stories and hearing about everything that went into you being able to make history for your country having this dream as a little girl and following through with it working really hard and 
In the end, seeing it all come to light and achieving your biggest dream truly is so inspirational. We can't say that enough. And we just want to thank you so much for sharing that with all of our listeners as well, because you've inspired so many people to go after their dreams and just to know that truly anything is possible. So thank you so much. And we wish you the best of luck with everything that you do going forward. Next week, we will not have an episode out just because it's going to be a crazy week for us next week. We have way too much going on, I think, to really find the time to record. But with that being said, we do have a couple things in the works. We have a few different interviews that we're setting up for the future. We have a couple different topics or ideas that we're really excited about that we want to make. So we won't have anything new out next week, but you can expect some exciting things in the near future. We hope you all have a fantastic week and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.